Welcome to the Quaker Speak podcast, where we talk with Quakers from all sorts of backgrounds about all sorts of topics. Quakers are at our best when we are speaking out of a grounded silence. That's how we conduct each interview here at Quaker Speak. So if you'd like to join us in that space, you might try taking a couple of deep breaths right now just to get yourself spiritually grounded and receive this in the spirit that it was given, knowing that God often speaks to us in unexpected ways. Quaker author Michael Burkle felt that we aren't hearing the whole truth about Islam when we turn on the news. So he went out to discover it for himself. Michael traveled around the country talking to Muslims about their sacred text, the Quran, and I caught up with him in Richmond, Indiana to find out what he learned and how it felt to read the Quran from a Quaker perspective. There is within Islam a a sacred saying called a, a, a hadith, which sta- in which God is speaking, and God says, I was a hidden treasure, and I desired to be known. This was one of the motivations of the act of creation itself. I was a hidden treasure, and I desired to be known. If that desire, that deep desire, is imprinted on the very fabric of the universe, then our coming to know one another across religious boundaries is a sacred task and a holy opportunity. We Quakers have a commitment, we call it a testimony, to to truth-telling. And it was pretty obvious to me that not the whole truth was being told about, about Islam or about Muslims. In the media, we would hear about extremists who live far away and never hear about our Muslim neighbors who live here and what do they think. So I traveled among Muslims um, who live from Boston to California And I just had one question for them. Would you please choose a passage from your holy book and talk to me about it? And the result was a series of uh, precious conversations because what they brought to the conversation was their their love for their faith, uh, for, for God, and for the experience they had of encountering God's revelation through the Quran. One of my Muslim teachers told me when I asked him, what is it like to read the Quran? And he said, it's this experience of overwhelming divine compassion. You feel yourself swept up into this divine presence where you feel so loved that Nothing else matters. Any other desires you had in the world just disappear. You are where you want to be. And at the same time, you feel this overwhelming sense of compassion for others. 
And he told me, if you don't feel that, you're not reading the Quran. I spoke with Muslims from many places in the, that are within the spectrum of the Islamic community. I spoke to Sunnis, I spoke to Shiites, I spoke to Sufis, I spoke to men, I spoke to women, I spoke to people of many ethnic heritages. If there's one thing I learned, um, it is that whatever you think Islam is, it's wider than that. One imam who was by 39 generations removed, a descendant of the Prophet Muhammad himself, uh, spoke to me and said <clears throat> that for him, one of the jewels of the Quran was this notion that you do not repel evil with evil. You, you drive away evil with goodness. And if you repel evil with good, then you find that the person whom you regarded as your enemy can become your friend. Another Muslim uh, teacher taught me that according to the Quran, when we hear about good and evil, our task is not to divide the world into two teams. Here are the good, the good guys, here are the bad guys. But rather, the inclination toward goodness and toward evil is found in every heart. And that is where uh, the fundamental conflict uh, resides. This to me sounded very close to the message of early Quakers. I believe that for a non-Muslim, encountering the Quran for the first time can be perplexing. Um, you might imagine being parachuted down into the middle of the book of Jeremiah. Okay, there you land, you don't know the territory. Here are these prophetic utterances, which is what, how the Muslims see the Quran. And in, in Jeremiah, they don't always have names attached to them, they're not in chronological order, they're not thematically arranged. And, and I believe the Quran can read like that uh, to a newcomer. Uh, that's why I think it's valuable to read it in the company of uh, persons who have been reading it their whole lives. What is it like to, to read someone else's scripture? I think it's quite possible that it can change you in ways that I can't predict for any reader, except to say that it will make your life richer. It will make your life better to know this, to encounter this. I am not a trained scholar of Islam. Uh, I did some preparation for this project, but mostly what I did was to go out and talk to my neighbors. And it changed my life. And so I would like to encourage anyone who's hearing these words to go out, cross religious boundaries, talk to their neighbors, because your life will be changed too. That's our episode for this week. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Quaker Speak podcast. If you'd like to join the conversation, please follow the link in the show notes and leave us a comment. You can also watch the full video there and subscribe to our weekly videos at quakerspeak.com. If you'd like to support Quaker Speak, please consider becoming a Patreon partner. 
For just $1 per episode, you can help make sure we stick around and keep producing spiritually grounded Quaker content. Quaker Speak is a project of Friends Journal, a weekly Quaker magazine. If you like Quaker Speak, we encourage you to consider a subscription to Friends Journal, which starts at just $28 per year. My name is John Watts. I'm the director of the Quaker Speak Project. I conduct the interviews and host the podcast, which is edited by Charles Marchione. You can find all the music we use for Quaker Speak at johnwattsmusic.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.